Current culture has negatively influenced a lot of people. So today let's ask the question, how can we move forward together? What does the future look like and how can we let God redeem the mistakes of our past and use them for better for the future? Today, I have a conversation with my friend Zaley, and we talk about purity culture, the different ways that it's affected us and our personal experiences with it. We were both really fortunate to grow up with great youth pastors, and they were really the ones who were teaching these ideas to us, but it was a lot of Christian books, a lot of Christian authors, popular Christian celebrities, other well-meaning Christians who really wanted to pursue purity and teach it as well, but had a really bad jumping off point because of purity culture, because it was more geared towards conforming to someone's ideas or opinions about purity instead of focusing on the transformative power of Christ within us, the Holy Spirit within us, and seeing that purity isn't just about the way that you do relationships, but about your heart and your mind and your soul and the way that God has healed and redeemed you from your sin. And so we want to use this conversation as an encouragement for other people to just have better orthodoxy and orthopraxy, learn from our mistakes, and also pursue the Bible above all else, above opinions, above good ideas or things that seem like they align with Christianity, but using the Bible as our starting point and our final authority to guide us, to direct us, and to teach us, like first, uh, 2 Timothy 3.16 tells us. And so we want to encourage other people to ask hard questions, see how God has healed and redeeming these things for you, or see how he can. And also just uh, look at the ways that he's healed the hurts and pains that we've had as a result of this, healed our friendship, healed a lot of things in our lives. So we want to move forward together as a body of Christ and do better for the next generation. So here's our conversation. Hey, how's it going? I'm pretty good. Why don't you give a little intro and we'll give a backstory to kind of our experience with purity culture, since that's what we're talking about today. So tell everybody about you. All right. I am Zaley. I am a mother of two. I've been married to my husband for almost six years. He is a youth pastor here in Nebraska, um, and we love our church, and I help him with um, just some of those things that come with being a youth pastor, and I'm a stay-at-home mom, which has been so amazing. I love being able to stay home with my two kids and just teach them things, um, how to be human, how to do life and stuff. Um, it's been my dream forever to be a wife and a mom. So it's been really cool being able to live that out. Awesome. And so since we're talking about purity culture, we want to give like our experiences briefly. So we grew up in the same community and kind of in the same like youth group group. Our churches were like sister churches. So we did a lot of youth group stuff together, camp stuff together. And it's a pretty conservative community. And it was very... Um, I don't know that even we got taught a lot of purity culture stuff from like our youth pastors, but it was a really big part of that community, like even just mm-hmm. among the young people and kind of like the culture that we had for each other. So that was a really big part of growing up and a lot of things that we learned that kind of shaped our beliefs and our beliefs about marriage and a lot of the stuff we're going to get into. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So We kind of had similar experiences, but maybe a little bit different because we weren't always in the same group. Mm. But what do you think are some of just the baseline experiences that you had that kind of shaped your ideas about purity and sex and marriage and those kind of things? I think the main one was that 
boys could not control themselves and it was our responsibility to protect their minds from lusting and stuff like none of the responsibility was on them to practice self-control but instead it was up to us to dress modestly never be alone with a boy never flirt with a boy or anything um, in order to protect them in their minds right I really don't remember really going through anything about self-control like that you can overcome anything mm. or that there's a way out that really wasn't a part of it it was like if you're alone together you're gonna have sex if your shoulders yep. are moving or if your shorts aren't fingertip length then they're gonna last after you and it, it was just a lot of the inevitable happening and like you just couldn't help it so you had to put all these blockades in place so that that wouldn't happen because once the yep. dam broke then that was it then that was it yeah regarding purity anyways I don't re ever remember being taught about self-control I feel like I was taught it like when it came to like drugs and alcohol and same um I don't know other things other sins in life you know stealing and anxiety and all that kind of stuff yeah um that there was always a way out and you know being tempted but you can you can overcome it but never was I taught I never really thought about that. Yeah. Never was I, were we really taught when it came to sex and purity, sexual purity about that. Yeah. That's a good point. I didn't think about that either, but we learned it in other contexts, but not that. That's mm -hmm. really weird. Mm -hmm. yeah. What weird purity culture lessons did you have? Like demonstrations or illustrations or just weird things did you have? They're probably similar. For um, that one funny one. <laughs> So a lot, I feel like a lot of our purity talks were done at Bible camp in the summer. Mm -hmm. Oh, sorry. My sister was like, hey, let's chat. One second. <laughs> she just started FaceTiming me. Are we good? Like yeah, that? we're good. Zaylee and I have recorded okay. this conversation. This is our third time because it keeps deleting. And this thing that she's going to say is like still the most bizarre thing in my mind. I don't oh understand. I still can't believe you don't remember this. I still don't remember it. I think Mason remembers it because I talked to him or he was just like, well, that doesn't surprise me, but yeah, what? maybe. Yeah. So we, so we learned mainly all of our purity things at Bible camp and it was peers pretty much. I mean, they were a little bit older than us, but peers teaching us these college age when we were in high school. Yeah. Yeah. Teaching us these things. And, um, there's one lesson we had. And we were, so we would write questions on like a piece of paper and they were anonymous. Um, anyways, we'd hand them into our camp counselor and then they would hand those things, read them and hand those, some of the good ones, you know, to the boys, boy counselors, and then they would write their responses. So one of the questions was like, or like, is it tempting sexually is what we mean by tempting <laughs> um when a girl hugs you or why is it tempting when a girl hugs you or something like that from the front like we did like side hugs yeah we did side hugs but this was like a full-on like a normal hug how a person yeah. hugs you know and, <laughs> yeah. um why is that tempting so when the boys wrote oh well we could feel your breasts on us when you hug because they have a hard flat chest and we do not and so um our counselors had us hug each other from the back so like car let's say like me and carly are doing it she'd be facing this way and i'd be hugging her from the back this way 
So then we could feel what our breasts felt like on a flat, hard surface. And that was supposed to tell us, oh my gosh, yeah, they can feel our breasts when we hug. We cannot hug boys anymore because it's our responsibility. Yeah, unless you're married. Because it's our responsibility to protect them, yada, yada, yada. And they're again, like giving us shame for how our bodies are, are just how they are, you know? Something um, as like super innocent as like a hug, not like, not even cuddling or anything sexual, but just like, hey, no. friend. Hey, like, buddy. Basic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, which was so weird. And it, you know, it made you think every time you hugged a boy, like for me anyways, if I had a boy I liked and he hugged me. I was like, oh my gosh, he's feeling my boobs. That's the only reason why he wants to hug me so he can feel my boobs. And, you know, and it really makes you feel, yeah, shameful of yourself. And it's not like I could just like get rid of my breasts so then I could hug boy. I don't know. So that was one of the main like super weird things. Other things kind of going off of what Carly said also, like you can't make out and not have sex. Um, That's a big one. Or, like, you can't kiss a boy and not have sex. Like, you're just going to have sex. Which shaped, which is such, like, a, um, I don't know. A girl can kiss a boy. Or, like, I don't know. I've been learning more things and praying a lot to overcome a lot of this stuff that I learned. But, you know, as a woman, like, you can say, and a man, you can say no at any point. You know, you can make out with a person that doesn't mean you have to have sex like you can say no you don't want to go any further from this point or whatever um and but nowhere was consent either because like no we we're like oh well I mean, of course they didn't talk about like if you're having sex because we were being taught not to have sex which i don't not know sex at all negative at all it was yeah. beneficial in a lot of ways for us to like learn those things and wait not learning purity culture things but learning like the actual biblical side of them it was the unbiblical yeah. things that were really harmful that mm-hmm. like you can't control yourself, which is so unbiblical, but also it mm-hmm. wasn't teaching like, what if you do make out and the other person doesn't want to anymore? Like you need yeah. their consent. And if they want to stop, you have to stop. We didn't, there's, that was nowhere. Yeah. And I don't know. So when we had our purity lessons, the boys would, and the girls would separate. So the boys would go with the boy counselors and the girls would go with the girl counselors. So oh, I don't know. You could ask Mason, did they ever teach them about consent? The boys? they taught them at least from what he's talked to me about is they talked about the very very similar things but they learned the side of like well you're this is gonna happen and you won't be able to control it so you're screwed yeah so they basically taught them here's the aftermath so like after this happens here's what you can do here's Mm. how you can handle it afterwards yeah it was yeah working together both sides were not great I don't remember I don't remember the hugging back thing I don't really remember like object lessons or anything weird. We talked a lot about um, like your virginity, which in in their lessons was like your virginity equals your purity. That's that's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was like a present. I don't think they actually had a present. I don't remember. I think they just talked. No, about we it. did one year. Really? And it was like every yep. time we kiss, a piece of wrapping paper is getting torn off, and the bow gets taken out. And if you have sex, it's like being opened or smashed in and who would mm-hmm. want the ugly present when you could have a brand new shiny present and like if you had sex you were the broken ugly present and who what mm-hmm. boy would want that when they could have a shiny new one yeah exactly and it was the same with, like gum I've heard the gum thing you're like a yeah gum if you have sex or make out with people yep. the rose 
a flower that gets passed around. Yeah. And obviously, I mean, for obvious reasons, those are really harmful. And especially harmful to survivors of abuse. I'm thinking of like the girls who were there who maybe had gone through that at that point. Like how mm -hmm. disturbing and harmful and what they must have thought about themselves. Yeah. Just pure unbiblical nonsense that we were teaching like it's gospel truth. Yes, exactly. And I feel, I mean, I prayed for forgiveness a lot for teaching some of those things to young girls and it is damaging to in so many ways yeah so many ways <laughs> yeah that's I think a thing a lot of us has have, have had to work through because we heard it and it affected us and so we taught it to our campers mm -hmm. teaching at junior camp and middle school camp and yep I know. and I, I think or go ahead I remember using the bachelor as a point of reference because I of course I would never watch The Bachelor back then. Never dinner show. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I remember using it as an example for middle school camp and it was something like I don't know it was just something about how like she had given herself to so many men and kissed them and it was it was just like a lesson about like who would want that girl when you could have a new girl you know who hasn't yeah. had those experiences. And it was like we we could have been teaching those biblical values of like, this is why the Bible teaches us that sex is for marriage. Or this is why there are like really good consequences. There are good outcomes to your actions if you aren't sexually promiscuous or if you, you know, like wait for these interactions in marriage. But mm -hmm. we just added on all this other stuff and added this like, well, if you do do those things or if you have had before, then you're dirty and you're useless and nobody wants you. And so yep. we weren't... It was like the ends justify the means. So anything we said that promoted virginity and abstinence got like the stamp of approval and everything else. Yeah. It was okay because we were promoting not having sex, even though it was so mm -hmm. harmful. We strayed so far from biblical values. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. Sorry, what were you going to say? I can't remember now. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you wish you would have learned from purity culture? Oh, I wish... I wish, first of all, we would have learned about, like, biblical purity and not just, like, sexual purity. I wish we would have learned more about, like, um, having pure minds and having, you know, pure hearts and all that kind of stuff versus just sexual purity because I wasn't having sex in high school. My husband was my first kiss, but my heart was not in a good spot at all. Um, like, the reason... The reason why I was waiting for marriage and waiting to like have my first kiss with my husband um, wasn't as much because like I loved the Lord and I wanted to, you know, serve him in this way. It was because if I knew if I did, I would be shunned and I would feel so much shame and all that kind of stuff. Like the the basis of why I was doing those things was not right. So I wish we would have talked more about those kinds of things rather than just sexual purity. Um, yeah. I also wish we also would have been taught more like consent things. I wish we would have been taught more of our worth in more of just the way of like being sexual women, you know, like yeah. Our body. I feel like we were taught like our your body is so beautiful and so sexual, and that's why it's so hard for men to control themselves around you. 
which like sounds great, but it's not. You know? Yeah, it's making you like a Are thing. Like, you're a thing to be used and you can't be used until marriage. So just cover it up for now and it's going to be fine. Yeah, like our value wasn't to us um, as girls. Yeah. Um, and why more why we should be until married to have sex um, and all kinds of things. Besides, you'll feel so bad because your husband's going to be having, you're going to be having sex and you're going to like feel so bad because you're going to remember all your other sexual partners and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so I wish we would have just been taught more biblical. Yeah. <laughs> um, purity and stuff. Yeah. Inherently valuable because you're made in the image of God, not because you're like, one day a man will marry you and that will make you <laughs> a valuable Exactly. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I also wish we would have been taught to, I mean, I remember learning about singleness, but it was always like singleness is a season of waiting. Not like some people are yeah. married. Like <laughs> this is a real yeah. Like in first Corinthians, mm-hmm. that, that's beneficial. And whatever is going to help you serve the Lord best is what you should do. And so I wish we would have yep. talked about that more and, and just kind of focused on how, like not made sex the ultimate goal for our lives or like marriage. Um, like that you can have like meaningful relationships and, you know, like even not sexually intimate, but other like intimate loving relationships with your friends, with your family, with your siblings, with important people that aren't sexual because that's not the ultimate goal of your life. That's not what makes you valuable. That's not like the end all be all. Mm-hmm. I wish we would have learned that too. And then like you said, yeah. I wish we would have learned signs of abuse or like codependency or just mm-hmm. things yeah. that would have been really helpful for us to be aware of. And like, just to even be able to identify what does abuse mean and what does it look like or toxic relationships. Yeah. yeah. I've tried to teach a lot of my youth group girls that because yeah, we were never taught that. And one of our, my girls once she had asked me, she pulled me aside and she was like, he gets really mad when he loses a video game, like throws things. And I was like, Ooh, that's not healthy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. So yeah, I agree with that too. Being taught signs of abuse and yeah. Cause I feel like the red flags that we were taught were like, if they're up late and their computers on that probably means they're watching porn. And that was like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nothing about like, yeah physical abuse or verbal abuse or sexual abuse or anything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, so peer to culture has affected, I think, a lot of our lives and relationships. How do you think it's affected your marriage or what things have you had to work through? Because like a lot of this, why we wanted to have this conversation was to say, yeah, there's a lot of things in purity culture that were messed up. There's a lot of people talking about that, which is good because we should identify those things. But we also want to pick yeah. up and say that we can change those things. We can have, we can teach the next generation new things, but also like, we're not just broken because of purity culture. We can, we can grow and we can learn and God has redeemed a lot of those things. So how's that been for you? Mm-hmm. Um, it's been really rough actually. Uh, Carly and I have talked about this a few times um, just with each other privately, but it's been just recently as I've been listening to some more podcasts and stuff, just identifying the different 
shameful things that I feel surrounding sex and other things. Um, and a lot of those have been like, oh, like connecting dots, like, oh my gosh, that's why I feel this way or this way or this way um, about sex or about, you know, making help my husband, you know, normal things that are good and healthy. And I feel shame surrounding those things. And, um, which is so sad. Um, so I've been praying through those things and like reading books, listening to podcasts, trying to, um, fix those things in my brain because it it has really been bad. And I think a lot of it is because we were taught the whole, like men cannot control themselves. And so I think in my brain, like even dating my husband, it was like, he would say he had a celebrity crush and I was like, oh my gosh, like he lusts after that woman or he, you know, wants to be with her. I need to look more like her, you know, those kinds of things when that wasn't true. Cause everyone has celebrity crushes. I have celebrity crushes. Um, and so like, that is a really terrible way to live. And, um, my husband's not like that at all. Luckily he's so patient with me and so respectful of me and my growth in that and um working with me and helping me as well with these things but it's it's been tough I mean and also feeling shame surrounding my own body um because I have uh I have a curvier body type so growing up it was like if I wore certain things that another girl who was like super had a skinnier body frame war like I'd be the one that got in trouble and she would be fine and so for a long time I felt shame surrounding my body not necessarily like looking at myself in the mirror and being like oh I'm fat I'm ugly but like oh if I only looked like that girl I could find more clothes that like fit me or whatever um so feeling shame around my body has made it hard for me also to be vulnerable with my husband and like be with him and stuff because you know, I've always looked at my body as like, oh, it's just, you know, something to be ashamed of, which isn't true. And um, yeah, it's been very difficult <laughs> for me. Um, for And I feel like my brain, like, wasn't able to separate. Because um, you're, you're just being taught, like, sex is bad, sex is bad, sex is bad. But once you get married, it's wonderful, you know? Um, but like switching that thought in your brain is for me anyways, I don't know how it's been for you, but was a, it's been a lot harder for me to like switch out of the like sex is bad mindset and into like sex is a wonderful thing that God's given like husband and wife to enjoy with each other. Um, and so that's been something also I've had to, and it's not like that every time, like all the day, all the time, but a majority of the time it's it is very hard for me and I have to like really tell myself like this is okay it's okay for me to enjoy this time with my husband and um I'm not a terrible person because I'm you know enjoying this time with my husband so that's been really hard on our marriage and just in my life um as a married woman um, but as far as like friendships and stuff, even I feel like in high school, it definitely affected my friendships because, um, where I went, I went to performing arts high school, Tucon, <laughs> good old Tucon. Yes. And, um, I feel like there weren't as many 
like religious people there as like Hurricane High School where I had to, had originally started school. So there were a lot more of my friends were like having sex and, you know, making out with their boyfriends and all that kind of stuff. And I remember like being like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe they're having sex right now. Like this is terrible. And it really made me like such a judgmental person. Um, we're like um, wearing, we were, we lived in a very hot climate in Utah. And so, you know, shorts and tank tops was like the norm. And I remember just sometimes being like, okay, that tank top is too showy, you know, like just yeah. terrible things like that. It made me very judgmental and very, I don't know, standoffish to people who chose, who weren't living like the same lifestyle as I was versus like, you know, okay, they have not been taught these things. And so that affected my friendships. All of them were so respectful of me though. Like so in my senior year of high school, I lived kind of, I did not kind of, I was living a two-based Christian life. Like I would act, my parents had just gotten divorced and I was in a really bad mental state. And so at church, I acted one way and at school, I acted completely the other. So um, going out with friends and like we'd play spin the bottle or whatever, but they'd be like, okay, you can only kiss daily on the cheek though. Like <laughs> can't kiss daily on the mouth. So that was like, they're pretty respectful of my decisions and stuff, but yeah. So I think those, that's how it's affected my marriage without going into too much detail. And then um, my friendships as well in high school. Yeah. I think I had a lot of similar experiences too. Like my husband was also my first kiss and it wasn't until years into dating like but we, like we would kiss on the cheek but again it wasn't the reason that like I don't know it wasn't about anything except for like shame like we're doing this because we don't want to be bad people not because of like I don't know not for like really healthy reasons you know it was just yeah I don't want to be labeled as a bad person forever and throw away my purity so we're only mm-hmm. kissing on the cheek just like weird things like that <laughs> um yeah, I think that we dated for a long time. So we did, I think, almost five years before we got married. So I feel like I had a lot of time to work through a lot of those negative feelings and a lot of those negative perceptions that I had about marriage and sex and those things. And when we got engaged, I started reading a lot of marriage books, which was really helpful. Some of them were not. Like, some of them had a lot of the obligation sex messages, like, you have to have sex mm. with your husband or else he'll cheat on you or we'll get born or you have to do all these yeah. things for him, perform in these ways, like take these photos and do these things because if you don't do it, he'll look at the internet and just bad ideas. Yeah. But I think at that point I was able to decipher like and, and figure out these are obviously not biblical messages and, mm-hmm. that are. <laughs> and that was really helpful. But I think for me, the thing that has affected me the most and still something that I have to kind of actively fight against, I would say, is because the only other relationship I've been in and besides Mason was an abusive relationship. So for a long time, I believed the reason that that person had like chosen me, I guess, to take advantage of was because I was like ugly or stupid or all these things. Like I felt like if I was worth taking care of or worth respecting, then he would have done that. But I wasn't worth those things because I was whatever, ugly, stupid, whatever. So that was something that was really hard for me to work through. And I think that's something that I still have a hard time from time to time, or that still is like kind of in the back of my brain that I have to work through constantly. And 
just really think about too, because of that, I felt like I have to always look like super good for my boyfriend. And now my husband, like I have to like always look perfect. I can't let him see me without makeup on. And like that faded over the years, but it still felt like you have to look this way because if you don't look perfect, he's going to find other cute celebrities or people on the internet or people to talk to because you're not pretty enough or like just just weird things that were lingering from purity culture not at all from mason like never ever ever yeah from him but just things that are in the back of your brain because for you know 10 years we heard like this narrative about men that wasn't true that they uh-huh. just like these crazy people that can't control themselves that <laughs> are just like magnets to any attractive woman and it's Mm -hmm. wild things yeah that was important too for me to decipher between decipher is not the right word but figure out like that's a narrative that has been put over a lot of men but that's not my husband like that's not what he thinks and that's not what is going on inside of his mind so that was really helpful Mm -hmm. and like you said in high school the same thing about friends but I didn't really have friends that didn't go to church because I was super judgy. So I was like, I can't even be friends with you. Sorry. Um, I'm super legalistic. So it was more just about like friends in our group. Like if there was one girl in our youth group who was dating someone who wasn't a Christian. And so it wasn't just like biblical judgment of like, oh, maybe the thing she's doing isn't good. Like maybe it's wrong. It was like, the thing you're doing is wrong, which means you're a terrible person and your purity has been thrown in the trash, and therefore you're not as valuable as a person. It was like just such unbiblical judgment, and I think too about there were other girls in our youth group who had experienced abuse while they were in high school, and so they had kind of taken on these purity culture messages and felt like, well, somebody already has taken advantage of me in these ways, so why should I even try if I'm already dirty or already trash now? Yeah. Why should I try? So I had a lot of judgments think about them and if somebody went to a school dance with someone who wasn't a Christian that was a big deal that got you yeah yeah that was big so it was even just within our like little church community that I had those terrible terrible unbiblical judgments about moving forward how do you think people who have been affected by purity culture hurt who have been shaped by it who it's affected their marriages what do you think is a good way to move forward from your experience? I think first of all, prayer, of course. Um, I've started doing that and it's helped. Helps. Um, I need to like, I do way better if I like prayer journal things because I feel like I can like more have a conversation with God. Does that make sense? My brain is full of lots of things. So when I sit down and actually write it down, it's a lot easier for me. Um, also talking to your partner um, about those things because like my husband didn't even know like these were some of the thoughts that I had and some of the ways that I was thinking and projecting like what I was taught on him which he's not like that at all but being told for so long this is how all men are that's like oh that's how my husband is even though he's never, ever, ever given any kind of sign that he is an uncontrollable, you know, sex machine. that just That's all he thinks about all the time. Yeah. Um, and so communicating that with him helped a lot. Um, I think it helped him. And telling him these things, like, that I was taught, he's like, what? Like, are you kidding me? And so I think that that's helped a lot. 
um, with him too, just understanding like where obviously communicating what's going on in my mind has helped him understand what's going on in my mind. Um, so talking to your partner and explaining to them like why you um, might feel this way or that way, um, praying. And I think talking to friends too, like talking to you about it has helped a lot. Um, cause you know, there, since I am feeling shame around these certain things, like being able to talk about it and have someone tell me like, like how you're feeling is valid, but it's not like, like, that's not the norm. Like we shouldn't be feeling this way about like having sex in marriage. Um, but you be uh, being understood of why I feel that way. Um, listening that podcast that theology in the raw did uh, from the authors of the great sex rescue mm -hmm. was so great. And I think that I'm definitely going to get that book because, um, it, everything that they talked about, like we were taught that Carly, yeah. like, oh my gosh. And I so think crazy. We, we didn't talk about too, like going to like a Bible school after high school, we did learn more yeah. about like marriage and that was covered more, not as much in yep. high school, but we learned more of like the obligation sex messages and those kind of things that they were, they mm -hmm. talked about in that podcast that we, we heard almost verbatim a lot of them. I was told once, I won't say by who, that I, if I denied my husband sex, I was disobeying God. If I, and not like, not even like withholding sex, but like saying, no, I'm not really in the mood today. If it, especially if it's been three days, <laughs> 72 yes, hours, three days. three days, if it's been past those three days yep. and I did not and say, no, I don't want to have sex, then it, I'm disobeying God. I literally have to like shove my eyebrow down. <laughs> I, yeah, three days. Cause it's like, they're a biological clock on the third day. They're going to, yep. Every three days. And so here, I mean, I was told that later on. And so I didn't feel like. I knew just like, wow, I'm so sad that that's what you believe. But, you know, I was able to like push that out. But even then like being told that it, it really isn't great. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And that was right. I mean, you guys got married, what, your second year? Um, David had graduated. So it was my, I didn't go back for my third year. So it was like fresh on the brain probably for you. Yep. Right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, I think that that was something that was helpful as I had like a little bit of a time buffer, I guess, to mm -hmm. like just work through a lot of things. And I went through like just a major faith. I know deconstruction is like the hot word, but I don't, whatever you want to call it, like just processing through what do I believe? Do I really believe this? And like working through that. So I think that helped a lot too. And then just because of the ministry that I work in and my job, I had a lot of helpful conversations with people who are in ministry or pastors or people who are recognizing that these things are really toxic and really not great. And so it's helpful for me to see that a lot of people want to change and see the problems. Mm -hmm. there's, there's still a lot of people that don't, they don't understand how unbiblical yep. it is, but that's been really encouraging for me. And also, like you said, praying, talking to people, talking to people was so helpful, especially people from our community. Mm -hmm. I talked to so many people yeah. before we got married because there's just a lot of like weird, I think especially like in an evangelical conservative culture like ours, 
there's a lot of weird ideas, I guess, that you have going into marriage mm-hmm. and like expectations and stuff. And so having like a realistic idea of things from other people was really helpful too. Then books, yeah, other resources. There's so many now. So like if somebody's struggling with this now or they're getting married, I think there's so many good options. And I super recommend mm-hmm. that podcast you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Sheila Ray Gregory and on Theology in the Raw. And she has her own podcast. Her book is The Great Sex Rescue. I think her website or her blog is called To Love, Honor, and Vacuum or something like that. And she works with someone mm-hmm. I can't remember her name. And she has all kinds of people on her podcast. But yeah, those are really great tools and kind of help you figure out and determine like what things in these books that we have taken for so long as gospel truth are harmful and just like not true, but we're, we keep promoting them. And we keep giving these people book deals and buying their books. I know. Yeah. So, yeah. That's, that's also been really, I'm getting hungry a little. Um, what gives you hope for the future? Um, I think hearing people talk about it, really, I think that talking about it and identifying the things that, because honestly, I probably would have never even like made myself really think about it if I hadn't heard like, hey guys, this isn't right, you know? So I think that's been really cool, people talking about it and being open about it. Um, I think that gives me hope for everyone and for myself same talking about it and being open and having a spouse that like really respects me and is patient with me and is willing to like work through this with me mm-hmm. yeah I, I think the same for myself I think having like a respectful spouse is really really nice and really helpful yay for good men <laughs> yes definitely and I think like you said just hearing people take you seriously talking to people being proactive about it talking about these mm-hmm. things And I think just as like an encouragement to other people, because the way that I really got on like, wait, like some of these things, even, even like a year, like a couple of years ago, just like realizing, wow, there's a lot of messages that I've really internalized that are nowhere in scripture and are pretty like actually starkly against scripture, um, was for the Real Truth Ministries that we, that I run we did a, it's like a sexual purity curriculum, biblical purity curriculum, actually, for high school students and college students, and so it goes through, like, what, what are all the ways that we can practice purity, not just sexually, and what does that even mean, but also, like you said, in our mind, in our heart, in our lives, Mm -hmm. treat other people, and so going through that, and actually just, like, reading the Bible, and really digging deep into scripture (laughs) to see what it says was so helpful, so I encourage people to do that because I think we're in this age of media where we look to celebrities or we look to Christian celebrities or pastors or different people that we want them to tell us what to think. And like, we want to just look at your Instagram story and see like a really quick quote and that will give us like our beliefs. We don't really want to do the work ourselves. Yeah. Sometimes, I think. So I encourage people definitely to take the time for yourself, use the tools available to you. There's so many tools available, so many commentaries that are free, so many biblical people that have resources available as well so doing mm-hmm. that and seeing for yourself rather than taking someone else's word for it I think yeah it's really helpful yes for sure awesome well did you have anything else to add no not that I can think of awesome all right well there we go I think that was we finally yeah. did it
They're trying. We did it. Third time. Right.